Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is the wrap-up episode of A View to a Cockerager. Um, this whole year, plus, we have been watching every week an episode of Ninja Sentai Cockerager. We've been telling you what we think about it. And now we're going to do that in sort of like a, a wrap-up holistic way. We're going to talk about how we felt about this series as a whole. Yeah. Uh, once again, it is an unusual episode this week. We are skipping the five stars because uh, we just sort of want to chat about Cockeranger for a bit. Um, so we, we will get back to those next week. Uh, but for now, Dave, man, how do you feel about Cockeranger? I am... Man, okay. I dig it. I dig it. It was a ton Hold of on, fun. Gotta open, gotta open a cold bev here. Alright, proceed. Okay. I We're keeping it a little loose I, here. Uh, I really, really liked it a lot. Um, but now, so like now having finished it, is where I start to, I sort of, like as part of this retrospective, I kind of start to stack it up against like, Die Ranger and Jetman. Ah, see, this is where it comes down to it. Yeah, now that the whole thing is 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 over and done with. So the things that I really dug about Cocker Ranger, um I feel I feel like they they sort of embraced the uh ninja-ness of their like I feel like they embraced the theme a lot more than than either Die Ranger or or Jetman really did. Right. You know, well, Jetman, Jetman, Jetman only sort of loosely had a theme, right? Yeah, like they were bird-oriented and they had fighter jets. And, like, that's kind of it. Like, we saw a little bit of stuff. But, like, once they once they got past uh, Phoenix, the Jet Phoenix, and it was just, uh, you know, Jet Icarus, that was kind of it as, as far as, like, the Jet theme went. And, yeah. uh, you know, Ninja Man, or I'm sorry, Die Ninja Man, Die Ranger, they did have a couple of, like, kung fu specific episodes, you know? Sure, like, but, like, the, the, the theme in Die Ranger was much more about, like, the history of the Die tribe versus the Goma tribe, right? right Which was like, kind of tied into, like, a kung fu theme. Um, right, like, but, that was cool. Yeah. But Kaku Ranger is a ninja show, and it was, right. like... Even, you know, like, okay, so there were moments where it was like, why would ninjas be doing this? But it really was, like, pretty full-on ninja. Like, they really dug deep on, like, ninja magic and, like, as, from, as far as I can tell, at least what is, like, traditionally fictional about ninjas, like ninja cloning and, like, they can replace themselves with logs and yeah, illusions and, it, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it wasn't just that they were, like, really kept to, like, the ninja aspect of the theme. It was that the whole show was very rooted in, like, Jap... We talked about it a lot at the beginning of the season, then sort of fell off. Because I think it was a little less uh, pushed as we went further into the show. But well, like, and then also... Or maybe we just got used to it. But the whole show, like, with the yokai as the enemies, the whole thing was really rooted in a, like, a very... I mean, okay, obviously, it's the Sentai version of it. But, like, they really went all in on saying, like, no, this is a, like, a Japanese... Like, this show is as, as Japanese as we can make it. Yeah, like, we were going to... Well, I mean, from our perspective, as far as doing the show, how many times do we want to talk about, like, yeah, this monster is also super based on, 
a job you know what i mean like right there's but only like, so many you jokes know, you it can wasn't, make about it's it, not but. just lip service yeah uh, which I which I thought was very cool, and I, I I very much got the feeling that the people making the show had a lot of fun doing that and like really getting it right. Yeah, it really like now when we were able to do a little bit of research, um, like the two the two white American guys, like when we did a little bit of research, it turns out those Japanese show writers like actually really knew their stuff, guys. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? Blowing your minds, right? I'm, I, I bet you're all glad that we're here for you to, to deliver these <laughs> truths. <laughs> I feel like that is undercut by a repeated insistence that we basically do zero research for any element of this show. Okay, now to be fair, we do very little research, but... But this year, uh, a lot of you listeners uh, wrote in with a lot of good stuff that I, 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 we tried to be good about remembering to actually say on the show. So we did thanks, actually guys. get some good information uh, out to the rest of you, thanks to you as well. So thanks, thanks guys. to you as well. Right. You, the collective, helped yourselves out. The vector was us. And so you're welcome. Um. So yeah, I really, really dug that element of the show. I thought it was super cool. I really, I think it gave it a cohesiveness that that really Die Ranger and Jetman sort of both lacked. Well, and you know, it it was good that it did because, and I think we'll we're talking about the pros of the show right now. We're gonna get to the cons eventually, but I think that to the extent that this show has negative elements, it is that in many ways it was not cohesive. Like, it was kind of hard to keep the whole thing together, like, story-wise. Um, and so, yeah. keeping it all together very strongly with, like, the theme and the world was a very sort of important part of, like, keeping the, this show on as much on the rails as it managed to stay. You know, I actually wonder, Matt, now that you've said that, because you're totally right, I wonder how much of that is is kind of like inversely proportional because with, like I said, with Jetman, with Die Ranger, the, it was really kind of wide open. They could sort of do whatever they wanted. And so it was a lot, it was very easy maybe for the writers of the show to keep things cohesive. Whereas if they said, listen, we're doing ninjas and we're doing yokai, like that's the deal. It may have been a little bit tougher to like maneuver within that framework to make a story as cohesive as we did see in you know Die Ranger as as much as anything in Die Ranger was cohesive, but yeah. uh, definitely in Jetman, yeah, specifically in Jetman. So, that that I think will be something interesting to keep an eye on as we continue to watch this show. Like if that is a if if there is a repeating thing where there's like an inverse relationship between strength of and commitment to the theme and like actual strong plot for the season i don't know i guess it might be a to total keep... coincidence yeah i mean who knows man so uh you know the care the, the rangers themselves i i dug uh, i think i dug sooner he made the most okay so you know this is this is a question that we were going to get to so let's just do it yeah who is your favorite of the Kaku rangers I, I think it's got to be Suruhime. And you, you were allowed to say best and favorite separately if you would like to. Okay. Well, my favorite, I think, is Jiraiya. Okay. 
because he's so like his entrance with like the rollerblades and the cowboys and I really dig the fact that he's American. I thought that was really I mean like I obviously am also American. But I thought it was really fun that they got a dude who was Japanese American and they're like no come like come do this thing but we're not going to ignore the fact that you're American. Like we're going to tie it in. It's going to be part of the plot. You know, you're going to speak English sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a rollerblading cowboy ninja. But and, it, it, yeah, and what was very cool about Jiraiya is that he wasn't that wasn't just a, an aesthetic thing about Jiraiya, right? It was actually part of his character sort of throughout because he would be the guy who like kind of didn't latch into all of the um a, a lot stuff. of the like the cues that other people would automatically pick up on, Jiraiya was always sort of like struggling. And like from what I don't think we mentioned this, but at some point I got an email because we were talking about how his Japanese became like basically perfect as the show went on. Yeah, uh, we only thought that because we don't speak Japanese. Apparently, oh, really? his his Japanese throughout the show like it gets better, but it definitely is with an accent and kind of broken sometimes. No kidding. Well, that's actually that's really really neat. I dig that. That makes me dig it even more. Actually, yeah. I, I, I was listening to a different podcast about Cockranger at one point. Um, really? <laughs> as though such a thing could listen. They weren't they weren't the best. They were not exclusively about Cockranger. It was a Sentai show. They had an episode about Cockranger. It was on uh, the uh, the Tokusatsu Network. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, who were also the people who will occasionally interview old uh, tokusatsu actors. So I'll, I'll check in on there occasionally. And they had like a big two-episode retrospective on the entire series of Cocker Ranger. And this is going back some months when I listened to it. So I'm forgetting half the details. But one of the people sort of on the panel of the show was Japanese-American. And she was talking about like how much the character of Jiraiya meant to her specifically. Because like they really did a good job of nailing like how people in that sort of situation like how like how that affects their sort of relationship with the people around them um, okay. and like their character and i just thought it was a very interesting uh note that like i don't have a lot of personal ability to uh plug into but i think it was very cool that they did that yeah, that is... Okay, yeah, see, I didn't know that. That is super, super fun. See, I do do some research. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think Jiraiya is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think the best ranger has got to... I think it's got to be Surihime. Yeah, she's, oh yeah. She's, you know, she's the one with the most character. She's got the most... And, and you know, I think that really comes... Okay, it comes down to the writing, like... Yeah, obviously. Sure. But, you know, she's the character with the most development. She's got the most, you know, she's got the most investment. Like, her dad's part of the show. There's Taro and Jiro. Um, all of this stuff. And and as much as I do dig the other Rangers, I, I think just the fact that she's got so much development. And I really dig that even though she is not, she's not the Red Ranger, and she's not the the field commander. Surihime definitely is the the kind of the boss of the Rangers. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. At the end, Sasuke does start, I think, to step into that role a little bit more. But mm-hmm. even then, it feels like they are they are co leaders. Like at no point does does Sasuke be like, "I'm the boss of 
Tsuruhime. Like that vibe never comes through. So I really liked that they kind of switched it up. That A, the leader was a girl, and B, that it wasn't the Red Ranger. You know, I, I think now that I'm thinking about this show in relation to the other shows that we've watched, right? Mm-hmm. I am kind of thinking about the fact that Tsuruhime is in many ways like what if they took Rin from Die Ranger but spent more time on her? Because if you remember in Die Ranger, like Rin Rin and uh, Kazu, I remember at the end of the series feeling like those were the two that had gotten sort of short shrift and like not enough attention throughout the series. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I dig that. But Rin was very much sort of set up to be this Surihime-esque character, right? Like, she was the one whose family was most connected to, like, the legacy of the Dire Rangers. Her uncle was in a bunch of episodes. Right. She um, herself is Chinese. Right. And so she was really set up to play that role in the first couple of episodes of Dire Ranger. And then it just kind of never went anywhere. And it's really exciting to get a show like uh, Kaku Ranger where Tsurihime really gets, like, really shows us what it is like to have that done successfully, and also with the character that rules, because Tsurihime is awesome. Yeah, Sumer here is Tsurihime. Tsurihime is super, super great. Um, Sasuke so did you, come a very long way. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that he showed the most sort of range throughout the show, uh, which I think was cool. He had, like, the biggest growth, because, like, Jiraiya showed up and he was like basically on the ball, right? As did Surihime. Right. Um, and Jiraiya, you know, Jiraiya actually got, I think, maybe the second most like personal episodes. Like he has a family and a backstory and like a tragic origin with like his dad being murdered by his dad's <laughs> best friend who then became his father figure who then they then had to have like a fight in the OK cor- like a ninja fight in the OK Corral. Man, that was that was such Dude, a good the, episode. The Gali Sensei episodes were amazing. So like Jiraiya got a lot of that and of course Tsurihime got a ton of that. Sasuke didn't really. Like he had a cousin that they met at one point. But oh, like yeah. that could have just been any kid, really. Well, straight up, I forgot that that cousin existed. So <laughs> clearly, it wasn't that interesting. Yeah, and like to my knowledge, uh, Seikai and Saizo do not have families. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Sa- like Sasuke really did get the most growth. Um, like if you sort of just go into a couple of different touch points in the series, like the first couple of episodes where he's basically like. I mean, he's basically just Saizo again. Like, in the first couple of episodes, those two are really, like, on par with each other. Yeah. Um, not to say that Saizo didn't, like, you know, come into his own, but he didn't really get the room to breathe at the other two. Saizo and Seikai both. I feel like every year, two of the Rangers just don't get a lot to do. Yep. It was absolutely... They were they were fun, and Seikai ate a bunch, and Saizo was a goofball, but beyond that, there's just not a lot happening with those dudes. Yeah, they are the Akko and Raita of this season, or the Kazu and Rin of this season. Right. Um, um, I, I love them all dearly, but they just didn't get a lot of screen time. Okay, so I mean, um, after after that, who's your who's your favorite and who's the best? Or are you just 
You doubling down with me. Oh, no, you nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jiraiya is my favorite, but Tsurihime is the best. And also kind of my favorite, but like in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not counting Ninja Man because Ninja Man is... Okay, let's let's talk about Ninja Man for a minute. Okay. Because Ninja Ninja Man... Man Okay, if we're if we're trying to judge who we think their favorite like ally is, do we just have to put every like the three god generals and Ninja Man and Sandayu and like thirty seconds of Hakamenru and Bun and Taro and Jiro all in the same pile? Man, because they're um, all characters, right? Even the giant robots are characters. Yeah, that actually, I do want to talk about that for like a second because that was something that I I feel like, you know, Dyrano was not and Jet Icarus was not and... Um, I mean, Cameo was, but... Yeah, Tetra Boy a tiny bit, but not in the same way that the three god generals were. And I thought that was such a cool idea that the three god generals themselves are like these like spiritual like ninja samurai master things that had existed all this time. I thought that was uh that was such a cool twist mm-hmm. on the giant, the standard giant robot where it's like, yep, there's robots and they're giant and they're giant robots. And you know, that's not unique to Cocker Ranger, right? Like there are other Sentai shows where the giant robot is actually like a sentient being. Oh, see, I did not know that. Well, I mean, I mean we, we did like, like we did get some of it in Die Ranger. There's a little um, bit that the beasts are, but Die Reno himself does just seem to be kind of an amalgamation. Um, uh, Zhu Ranger definitely, um, like they are like the divine beasts. Oh yeah. Uh, oh okay. Or wait, divine. Wait, the divine beasts were Die Ranger. Sorry. The the like the guardian. What the Megazord? The Meg basically yeah the Megazords in Zhu Ranger like. The the various like Zords are like lowercase G gods and the Megazord is like he's not like an uppercase G god, but like he's a lot closer to that. Like okay. he is the like Captain Planet of like robot dino shebang. Um and they do actually fight like literal Satan in that show. So No kidding. Wow. Yeah, Zhu Ranger's wild, dude. Um but like uh the uh what, what was uh? What do they call that dude? Anyway, the Megazord. I'm totally Megazord. blanking on what the Japanese version of that is called. Um, even though I have definitely watched Zoo Ranger twice, um, he was like, you know, he would talk to them sometimes. But the Zoo Rangers also had like a mentor, where the Kaki Rangers kind of never had a mentor, yes. other than the three God Generals. Like Sandai would show up once or twice. But that dude does, like, in my mind, that dude does not count as a mentor. Like, the narrator from the first half of the series is more of a mentor than Sandayu <laughs> ever was. Yeah, so, I mean, of, of all of those, um, I really, really did like Ninja Man. I thought he was really fun. I love what they did with his character, that he is this perpetually impetuous, just super excited. He's good-hearted. He wants to do the right thing, but... He just rushes in and, uh, you know, kind of screws things up sometimes. And maybe it would be better if he if he chilled out, but he just can't bring himself to. Yeah, and honestly, and now thought, that I'm thinking about it, like, Ninja Man is a great character for a kid's show. 
because it's like, yeah, having positive impulses is really good, but having impulse control is also super important. Kids right. who are watching this show, <laughs> maybe you should learn something. So I did. I really dug Ninja Man. I I wish he... I feel like they actually could have done a, a tiny bit more with him, but the only thing that, that bummed me out a little bit about Ninja Man is that Ninja Man kind of took the place of a sixth ranger. Yeah, who we never got. Who we never got, and I really dig the sixth ranger because the sixth ranger shows up, and then all of a sudden, there's more giant robots. Now, they mitigated that by having, in fact, two full sets of giant robots... Plus Ninja Man, who is kind of himself a transforming giant robot. Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, listen, he has a transformation sequence where, like, his head flips around and turns into a different head, and he transforms from a ninja into a samurai. Like, that counts. Yeah. Okay, that 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 does count. Well, it's never clear if he's a robot or not. I'm not a, still not exactly sure what that dude's deal is. He's, so, I mean, he's a ninja man. What else do you want from man. Dave? Um, so, yeah, I really dug. I love Muteki Shogun. I love the voice. I love that, like, Muteki Shogun is a castle that is also a giant robot, but the castle contains a statue of Muteki Shogun. <laughs> yes. I thought that was pretty incredible. Uh, Kakure Dai Shogun, I thought, had a super rad look. I, I really like what they did with the combinations between Muteki Shogun and Kakure Dai Shogun and uh, Subasamaru. Absolutely. Subasamaru. Uh, you know, with the wing cannons and then super Kakure Dai Shogun. Uh, I thought all of that was was really, really cool. I really dug the design. I thought that those giant robots just just looked slick in okay. a way that, that Jedicarus never did. Um, uh, Dyrano, I thought, had a super cool look. And then mm-hmm. Jet Icarus, in my mind, was always just kind of like, he's a giant robot. And he's very large, and he he has like cool weapons. He like shot his fist off and everything. But as far as an aesthetic goes, I didn't think he had. He's not a patch on on Di Reno or any of the Shoguns. Okay, now, but what about Jet Garuda? Jet Garuda was really cool, but even Jet Garuda, I, I don't think had quite. I don't know, man. Just didn't look as as slick. Like, Tyrano is a, like, I don't know if you remember. I actually went back and just, like, looked at some pictures of Tyrano, like, 30 seconds ago because I was thinking mm-hmm. about it. Tyrano looks slick, dude. He is a, he's got a rad, rad look. Oh, no, dude. Tyrano rules. Tyrano uh, sort of lived in my head as, like, the best, like, Megazord. Um, although, now, following Cocker Ranger, it's, I don't know how I rank, how I stack up Dairano against um, Mateki Shogun and uh, Kakure Dai Shogun. Yeah, I think it's I genuinely it weird tough. that we never had them combine. Like, they've each combined with Subasamara, but, like, the fact that they never combined with each other, I think, was, like, a weird moment that we just yeah, never did. Yeah, I did, I did genuinely keep expecting it to happen. And, like, even the, the very last episode, I was like, well, surely this is the episode where they will come, and they never do. Man, I'm so glad, by the way, uh, that there are talented artists who dig Sentai and translate the big 
like the big bulky suits into super cool fan art so you can see in a little bit more like if this were an anime and it were a mecha like how rad this thing would look you know oh, what yeah. I mean I'm just glad thank you if you're an artist who does that sort of thing thank you very much I don't do anything I just like to look at it and I'm like <laughs> yeah that's rad as far as I that's all I got Hey, remember how for like three episodes there was a full second set of the uh, the Beast Fighters or the Beast Generals? Yeah, yeah, it was. And then well, as the... soon as they got like the like the God version of whatever they had, uh, those things just disappeared and literally never showed up again. Uh, and I not, forgot no, about them quite... until right now. Uh, Sasuke's Sasuke shows up. Does it? Yeah, yeah, because there's one point where. All three of the, he summons all three of the giant robots. He summons. Oh, that's right. He summons that's like right. Battle Saruter and like General Saruter and God Saruter, like all at the same time. And I think that's the only time they show up after that. Yeah, like that was such a weird like sidestep. They're like, well, we're not going to give you Kakure Dai Shogun yet, but we feel like we've gotten to the part of the show where you ought to have new robots. So, so like, here are the prototypes of the like this other thing that we had like, been kind you, of working on. Here you kind of go. Yeah, that was odd. It was fun, though. Yeah, it's, you know, whatever. It was red. Um, Got to have ten giant robots fighting a bunch of resurrected yokai covered in, like, cyborg guns. Man, Dr. Yagami. That guy was real, real cool. So, man, I'm just trying to think of any other of the wrap-up stuff that we generally talk about. I'm not coming up with anything. Well, of course, we have to talk about... Um, uh, di- um, not die right now. Daimao. Daimo. Oh, um, yeah, on the yeah, Creature we, Royale. In we, their special, their he, special side category. Where does this dude fit? Okay, well, okay. Real quickly, first of all, Hakamenro, does he go on the list of bad guys? I say no. I just wanted to ask the question. No, I don't think he does. He, okay. like, he got turned into a bad guy briefly, but so much... If he had only ever been in, like two episodes and he spent most of that time as a giant statue I would consider putting him on the list but he was in like on again off again halfway like throughout this whole season um yeah no 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 I'm I'm with you just you know okay so where does oh man man I don't know how we did this and I have not noticed this in this is not a joke a calendar year but on the list of bosses we never put in the dimensional generals. Did we not? We The Vinerum generals are not on this list. It goes Young Noble Jr., Shadam Gara, Goma the 15th, Akamaru Zaidos. Huh. You know, I, I, I wonder if we were to go back and listen to that episode, if we talked about it and then just forgot to rank them. Yeah. Or like well, we ranked them and forgot to write them down. Because I definitely remember ranking them against each other. Yeah, that does sound familiar. Well, here's my here's the question, Matt. Is Gray does Gray beat Young Noble Jr.? Or does Young Noble Jr. beat Gray? Because I can't imagine Gray was not at the top of this list before. Yeah, I think it was like I think it was Gray was at the top of those four. I think Gray was at the top. Then Radigat, then Maria, then Tran slash Tranza. Yeah. I think that sounds right. 
Well, I tell you what, we'll we'll figure that out uh, off off air. But... Well, you know, here's here's what we can do. Uh, we still have to do one more uh, creature royale like bonus episode oh, yeah. to we'll fill out in, the rest of the Jetman stuff. Why yep. don't we wait? First of all, I'll go back and listen to that episode and make sure that we didn't already do this. Um, but if we haven't already done it, we can rank them in that Jetman monster ranking episode. Yeah, sounds good. So, but on this list. So, like I just said, let me run through it again. It's Young Noble Jr. from, obviously, Kaka Ranger, uh, Shadam, and then Gara, both from Die Ranger, then Goma the 15th, and then Akamaru, and then Zydos. Also, all of those guys are from, are from Die Ranger. Okay. Where does Daimau fit on this list? Okay, so first of all, there is no way on the planet Earth that he goes at the top of this list, right? Yeah, no, that's obviously... Yeah, sorry, that wasn't even a question. Okay, so how far from the bottom does he manage to rise is the real question. Okay, well, I definitely dig him more than Zydos. That's an, that's an easy pull. Yeah, oh, sure. Zydos was fun, um, but Zydos was definitely, like, the third banana. Yeah, I, okay, so, like, I don't care about Zydos. Um, I don't... I, I dig him better than Akamaru also. That's that's not real tough. Like, Akamaru does have his, his high points, and he is, like, a super weird, like, button little boy monster. And, well, let me pull that back, man. Akamaru deals in some, like, pretty heavy pathos. There's some intense storytelling going on around, around Akamaru. There is a lot of... An- okay, so let's... Let's talk about Daimyo for a minute so we can sort of like get a gauge on how we're feeling about him instead of just looking at the list. So never in the history of Super Sentai has there been a bigger like head, like terrible trade-in than that like when we got halfway through this series and we had to give up Young Noble Jr. and all we got in return like was Daimyo. Yeah, we're we're talking classic Superman versus Energy Superman here. Like that's the. You talking about Electric Blue Superman, or are you talking about like the the bad guy from Superman for the Quest for Peace? No, 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 Electric Blue Superman. Okay. Like we traded in classic Superman, and we got Electric Blue Superman. That was a terrible. That's a bad. Anyways, maybe I don't know. I put Electric Blue Superman above Daimyo any day. Um, well, okay, well, yeah, but versus okay, we're really tangenting hard. Okay, here. Um, Daimyo isn't a bad character, right? He's not. The problem with Daimyo is that he, I think, he is most um, equivalent to Goma the Fifteenth, where like he should never have been the main bad guy. He should have been like the main bad guy's boss who appeared in, like, a couple of episodes and got very important right at the end. Well, yeah. Let me. I'm going to take a slightly different tack on it. The thing with Daimu, the problem with him, is that it turns out he's actually a really, really interesting monster. And he's a really, really important character. We just didn't know it until the very last episode. Yeah. But like once we once that big reveal happened, there was so much storytelling from early on in the season that is leading up to this thing with Daimao. Like so much stuff that kind of didn't make sense. Like you're just 
you're just being a jerk and that's your plan monster is is weird and you know like i feel like the conquer rangers didn't put it together either and like what's up with this giant cloud it's here they seem to be energized by it like what what's up but then when they flip that switch everything kind of fell into place in, in what i think was actually really good storytelling Okay, so I, I think you're right, and I think that was good. But the problem is that to set that up, they gave us a lot of this show where there wasn't a very cool main bad guy. You know? like Yeah, that is a big ask. Even though the reveal was really good. The reveal was great, but like, okay. I, I was talking before about some of like the the cons of Cocker Ranger, right? And how it's sort of disjointed. Yeah. And without looking up an episode list, I'm just going to sort of like spitball sort of round these numbers off. But here is sort of like the flow of the show and sort of from a very like high level. The first like six episodes um, introduce all five Cocker Rangers and get them through their first like... Get them all together and then get them all going on like one adventure together to sort of like lock them in as a team, right? Right. The next six or seven episodes are all basically Freak of the Week episodes. But there's no mentor. There's no main villain. Like, you remember when we were at like episode 11 or 12, like we kind of felt like we were at sea with this show, right? Yeah. Um, and then you get Dr. Yagami introduced. He's in a couple of episodes to start tying things together. And then Young Noble Jr. shows up and you're like, okay, now this show works. You have somebody at, like, the head of the bad guys. You know that they have a plan. You know that their plan is to, like, bring back Daimao. And the Kaku Rangers have to fight against that to, like, stop them from doing it to destroy the world. Right? Right. And everything's awesome for, like what 18 episodes or something uh yeah somewhere around there I don't, and I don't then exactly. like daimyo gets out they kill young double jr and then we go into like the last third of the show where like the dude who was supposed to immediately destroy the world uh doesn't he's just out and has replaced young noble jr as like the head of the bad guys, but without actually like, doing anything cool. Um, we lose a super, like, great, dynamic, cool villain in Young Noble Jr. And the show, like... Listen, I loved a lot of the end part of this show. But I think I loved it in spite of Daimao being the main dude. Not because of it. Um, mm, and then, that like, he is does, an interesting he, point. He does become very cool at the end, right? But if they had... Listen, my, my big, like miracle fix for like the small problems that I have with the flow of this show all I have to do is just putting in more young noble junior right right like, that's what we need so like introduce young noble junior after episode six or whatever keep him alive until episode like 45 have Daimao like not be able to escape maybe have a couple of close calls and then you have the last like five or six episodes to really do like that big climax into what we actually got. Because what we actually got in this show was like four fake climaxes before the show actually ended. 
Yeah, okay. Now, that's a good point. Now, as we have discussed in the past, there are some like weird mitigating factors around around sure. that. So, like, like a, a lot totally... of like, seasonal and merchandising considerations. Right, man. Like, we can't like totally lay that at the feet of, of the storytellers, who I imagine are probably more irritated about it than we are. <laughs> sure, sure. But uh, but back to this list, man. Where I don't I just you know where does this dude fall? Um, like he is like listen, he isn't he is an effective villain. As the season as the show closes to an end, you really get this sense of like he's not the sort of like fun, sexy, exciting villain that Young Noble Junior is. But he is like he's menacing in a very different way, in sort of like an old man, crafty way, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but again, um, and I don't want to discount this. that. Yeah. But we only get this in the last episode. Um, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say number four on the list, just below Gara. Below Gara, above Goma the 15th? I, I think he's cooler than Goma the 15th. He's cooler than a Kamaru, um, even with the, the missteps in his writing. But uh, Gara, excuse me, Gara has so much going on, uh, as does Shadam, and of course. And, of course, that beautiful Skull Boy, Young Noble Jr. Uh, dude, everything will become Skulls, Dave. Everything will become Skulls. So, yeah. So, he pops in at number four on the list. Okay. So, okay. We've talked about the Rangers. We've talked about the robots. We've talked about Damo. We've talked about the show sort of as a whole. We've talked about allies. There's no mentor to talk about. Not really. Um, so, man, this is, it's always, you know, it's funny, man. It, it always feels like we just started a season, you know, like last week, not last week or something, but these seasons really do go by very quickly. Mm-hmm. It really seems like, like, man, did we, did we really just, is it been a whole year since we started rocking, watching Cocker Ranger? I know. Like, yeah, I guess it has actually. Because the season More endings now, are now. so, the season endings are so like final, right? Because, like, other than cameos in other, like, anniversary Sentai shows, which we'll talk about in a minute, like, we don't see these dudes anymore. Yeah, that's it. It is kind of a bummer. It's like, man, I, uh, I mean, you know, leave them wanting more, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so here is... Speaking of those cameos, Matt. Okay, before before we get into those cameos, and I'm excited to do it, I feel like there's one more ranking question. Hit me. Of the three seasons that we have watched so far, where does Cocker Ranger land? I oh, think last man. year we decided that we thought Jetman was better than Die Ranger. I think Jetman is. I'm. I still hold by that. I do think Jetman is better than Die Ranger. Mm-hmm. Die man. Ranger. Is, Die Ranger is sort of like my my all time like the fave of my heart. But uh, Jetman was better. Yeah, Jetman straight up was better. So Man. do so do you think that because Cock, Cocker Ranger is not better than Jetman? Um, do you think that Cocker Ranger is better or worse than Die Ranger? That is, hmm. I know there's a lot of considerations here, right? Yeah, there. Yeah, obviously there are. And it's been two years since we've seen Die Ranger, which could either like really help or really hurt it in the rankings depending on like how nostalgic you are for it. Mhm. I man, there's so okay. I think 
I think I, I think I would like Die. I think I like Die Ranger more. Yeah, me which too. isn't to say I didn't dig Conquer Ranger, man. Like, oh, listen, I, really I, I liked it. The like the seasons of Sentai that I w- like the least, I still like more than a, a, most other TV than, shows I watch. Than a lot of television. You know what it is, Matt? Is that um, even though Conquer Ranger was really good, Die Ranger was also really good, and Die Ranger just had more for me. Die Ranger had more of those like big, big standout moments. Like there was no point in in Conquer Ranger where I got as like straight up blown away, jazzed as I did about some of the elements of of Die Ranger. Yeah, like never when I... I liked Cocker Ranger a lot, but never watching Cocker Ranger did I have like... The, like, I never got chills watching Cocker Ranger, right? Right. I got chills in a couple spots in Die Ranger, and that oh, counts man. for a yeah. lot. Right so near I, the end, the, oh, when, man. When, they, when they go through the roll call, but they don't have their powers, and they're up on that roof. Oh, it's so good. I, I'm man, like Shoji, the warrior of love on that motorcycle. Oh, dude. Uh, Farewell to Three Stooges. Still the finest the episode Stooges. of any Sentai I've ever seen. Yeah, three well, and dude, I think it says a lot that our best our our best monsters are from Die Ranger. It's Jin the Demon Fist and the three god gen or the three god generals, the three <laughs> Stooges. Uh no, though so, to be fair, uh, we have not finished ranking Jetman, but True, 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 true. Um, but yeah, as much as I really, really did a dig Cocker Ranger, I, I actually think it's my the the series series that I'm least into. Bronze medal, bronze medal for Cocker Ranger. Now well, you know I loved thing, so I loved this season of this podcast. And, and again, oh, yeah, I had a blast I, I'm with not you, trying Matt. to talk down on Cocker Ranger. I think Cocker Ranger is like a really, really wonderful show. I'm just listen. There's a list. There's got to be a top. There's got to be a bottom. There are only three places on this list that's right just, now. That's how it is, guys. Uh, okay, Matt. So let's take a few minutes. And I don't want to go on too, too long. But let's do. Let's take a few minutes and talk about Gokaijer, dude. Oh yeah. So there are two episodes of Gokaijer that are. Oh, Dave. Do you want to take a second say, to explain Gokaijer to anyone who has sure, not the previously? 30, the thirty-second version of this um if you don't remember from last year and you don't have any other sentai um input i guess uh gokaiger is the 35th anniversary series of super sentai and the hook of it was is that the team uh pirate pirate sentai gokaiger is that they were space pirates and then they came to earth and earth all of the sentai teams somehow had gotten together and all kind of sacrificed their Super Sentai energy to save the Earth from the bad guys. And the Pirate Sentai Gokaiger was like collecting all of their powers and then could transform into Sentai teams from past years and like use their special techniques. And uh, a lot of which are basically Kaku Ranger Ball. I discovered watching this episode of Gokaiger, like they just really, really dig. Like there's a ball and they all kick it and then it hits someone. Yeah, well, I because we we mentioned this when we were first talking about Cocker Ranger Ball. That trick is at like that thing is actually from originally Gokaiger, which is the first season. So it's one of those like classic Sentai things that they go back to, even though yeah. it's a little dumb. It's so I really think it's dumb. 
But anyways, that's that's what Gokaiger is. And so for every and so for every season of Sentai before it, there is a single episode of Gokaiger and then and sometimes more than one. And it turns out Kakaranger is one of those ones. It's a it's a double episode. Yeah, well, okay, sort of. So we, yeah, we watched these episodes. The first episode is basically a glorified clip show. Uh, because it, I, I think it came in right near the end of the run of Gokaiju, right? Uh, yeah, it's episode 45. Okay. Um, and so they are sort of, you know, ramping up for the end, but then also trying to, I guess, get people up to speed if they haven't been watching the rest of it. Um, I was going to say, they want to make sure that you've got the last, you know, like whatever, <laughs> anything you miss, they want to make sure you've got it. So they are trying to like find the ultimate power of the Kaka Rangers and they have some sort of clue that like the yellow ranger from Time Ranger had told them about going to a shrine or something. Yeah, um, something like that. Uh, the Yellow Ranger from Time Ranger, by the way, was like a professional pit fighter um, from the future. Time Ranger rules, guys. Nice. Um, so the they, they go to the shrine and they find... They're looking for the Cock Rangers, but they find a jar. And it is like the Ninja Man jar. The jar that Ninja Man was trapped in initially. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason, it, it no longer has the like particular... Uh, enchantment that only someone from the Surikime family can break it. Either that or one of the people on this Gokaiger team is secretly a member of Surikime's family and just no one's talking about it. Eh, either version of that is fine, frankly. Uh, so they break they break Ninja Man out and they ask, like, dude, why were you in a jar? And I, of course, was worried because the last time Ninja Man got put in a jar, it's because, like, Daimyo had a tricked him into accidentally murdering a village full of people. Right, he did not do that. Cool. Yeah, this time he, uh, like, some zoo animals escaped and were about to, like, kill a little girl. And so he beat up the zoo animals but accidentally, like, destroyed the zoo. Yeah, he just went... He Listen, he got really excited. He just went a little overboard. That's how he does. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, not... I do love when he is telling the story of how this happened. He like sits down like uh, like the narrator from Kaku Ranger. Like he's got the fan and he's sitting behind the little table. What was that called, Dave? Uh, Man, I don't. I do not remember. Uh, Rokugo I... or something. It's something like that. I do. But when he uh, did that, I was like, oh man, I had completely, amazingly. I had completely forgotten about that guy. That Dude, guy was I, the best. I had had and the then exact he same experience. He literally just disappeared. Like, they just stopped using the character and then, like, just never mentioned him again. That was it. He did, I think he did show up briefly one time. Um, but that, yeah, that was it. Uh, and it was such a shame. I loved that dude. And it's kind of weird that he went away. Um, and so he sits down, he tells the whole story. And they're like, okay, well, we would need to get the ultimate power from him. We need to, like, ask him nicely, but first we need to make a good impression. And so, like, they bring him to their house. And listen, there's a lot of stuff that happens in this episode. They're trying to make a good impression. Eventually, they start telling them how they are the Gokaijus. And they explain the whole thing that Dave just explained to you. And then we get we get a montage of them transforming into all the different teams. Now, when I say they get a montage of transforming into all the different teams, I'm not exaggerating. They transform... Yeah. Into all the different teams. 
like going yeah. backwards year but like season by season they do 34 clips of them transforming into different teams yeah because <laughs> cuz they're like this is what we are uh it's pretty fantastic actually and i kind of didn't realize until about a third of the way through that like oh they're not stopping. Like, I thought they were going to give, like, a couple of key examples. And then by the time they, they had, like, worked their way backwards to, like, O-Ranger, I was like, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> what is happening here? And for the next three minutes, I'm just sitting here listening to some dude shout the name of every season. <laughs> uh, it was kind of amazing. Uh, anyway, uh, so they are trying to, like, get him to give their power and he actually has had some growth since um Cocky Ranger ended because he says listen I have in the past my overzealousness to do good has gotten people into trouble so right. I am no Very longer just me I have gotten into trouble <laughs> yes okay but other people do I think it's right. like listen I'm not going to just jump into stuff like this anymore um I can't just give you the Cocky Ranger power but I will hang out to, like, watch you to make sure that you're somebody that I can trust. And then, if you are, I will give you the power. Yeah. Now, at the end of this episode, we do... It's the only actual Cocker Ranger we get. We do get a much older Tsuruhime, who says... She's, like, in her ninja gear, and she says, Hmm, I was going to check those dudes out, but, like, it seems like Ninja Man's got it. And then she turns into, like, a flash of energy and, like, Ninja teleports away. It was rad. It was very cool. I, I wish we would have gotten more of her. Uh, and then the next episode, like, listen, last year when we watched the Gokaiger episode for Jetman, like, it was really sort of important. Like, watching Jetman without that episode of Gokaiger kind of feels like an incomplete experience. Yeah, that is, yeah, a little bit. Like, that is not the case with this episode of Gokaiger. Like, it's an episode of Gokaiger, Ninja Man's in it. It's cool, but, like, it's not, like, hugely significant, nor is it, like, does it really pull on those, like, Cocky Ranger heartstrings. Right. Well, you know, they just, there were fewer Cocky Ranger heartstrings to pull on, to, to be honest. It just was less of that kind of show, I feel like. Yeah, and plus, the like, the ending to Cocky Ranger was a lot happier than the ending to Jetman. So, like... It, like, I was not a raw, exposed nerve at the end of Cocker Ranger the way I was last year. And, like, writing <laughs> something to fill that void. Um, yeah. Anyway, like, the, basically what happens in the next episode is that the monster they have to fight, like, zaps people with this, like, evil space crystal that makes them become evil. And so Ninja Man doesn't trust them because they have become evil. And then, like, the goodness in their hearts overcome... Like, the evil that people are trying to put on them. Um, which you could kind of tie into, like, the last episode of Cocker Ranger. Um, yeah, there's, it's there. Uh, where the, you know, they have to put the evil away behind the sealed door of their hearts. Um, and then they turn into a giant robot and they punch a monster to death. Like, it's cool. It's fun. But it's not, like, super Cocker Ranger-y. But there yeah, is another no, episode of another show. Um, there's an episode of Ninninger which is the 2015 show, in which it's like episode seven of that show. They are still, like, those ninja are still learning how to be ninja and, like, fight their version of all the yokai. Right. And, like, one of their uncles, 
like calls Sasuke and the Red Ranger from Hurricane, which is the other ninja show. Uh, and they just show up to like help train the kids for an episode. Nice. And, like it's a whole episode of like Sasuke and this other dude like being cool older ninja and just telling the kids like you you are terrible ninja. Like you have the worst ninja like ethos of all time because the the ninjas if you don't remember us talking about it before, they are the ninjas who don't bother to hide. And so oh. the whole time Sasuke is like, "No, dude, you got to hide. Like hiding is very important." Oh, there was a great moment uh, from, sorry, I forgot to mention it, from the Gokaiger episode, where they're like, well, we have to find the Conquer Rangers, we have to find, like, their ultimate power so we can get it. <laughs> then they run into the dilemma of, like, oh, wait, they're ninja. It's going to be super, super hard to find those dudes. Yeah, like, they are hidden. It is literally in their name. Yeah, uh, and I thought that was a really great moment. Um, yeah, it was super fun. Uh, oh, and this, this Shinkenger episode is, uh, not Shinkenger, sorry, uh, Ninja episode Ninja. is super fun. Um, they are fighting a yokai who is a cat that is also, like, a digital watch. Uh, Ninja has okay. weird monsters. Uh, but it is a time-traveling cat that is also a watch. Um, huh. and they have to, like, defeat him, and, like, Sasuke and this, uh, Hurricane guy are worried about a time paradox from a time that they encountered this monster 10 years ago. Um, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to ruin it for you in case you are still planning to watch Ninninger because it's a fairly recent show, uh, but uh, it was I, really I've fun. I already if, got it pulled up, Matt. Yeah. And if you like miss Sasuke and want to like get a few more minutes with that dude, it's really fun. Nice. And there is, and I have not watched this. Um, and I don't think I'm wrong about it. Um, this upcoming year, when we start to watch O-Ranger, okay. is the first year that Super Sentai started to do their crossover, like, special episodes. Because oh, now, cool. every year, you know, like, this year's Sentai will have, like, a big sort of, like, movie crossover thing with the previous year's Sentai. Like, it is a tradition. But it is a right. tradition that, if I remember correctly, goes back to... Cocker Ranger and O-Ranger teaming up. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, so, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, so we are going to... I don't think those episodes are actually in the DVD box sets because they're not part of, like, the TV rights. Oh, is it, like, the movie version But thing? I think we, can, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, we yeah. can probably find a copy of it somewhere to talk about, and I'm really looking forward to it. I, I feel fairly confident that you're correct in that, Matt. Okay, well, uh, we have talked for about an hour about this, and I think yeah. that we are kind of out of things to say. <laughs> um, so, do you man, have any sort this, of it final, always... final Cocky Ranger thoughts? No, I always, this happens to me every year, man. I always want to have some, like, final pithy thing to say, but, uh, but I, I don't. I just, man, I've had a blast uh, doing the show with you, Matt. I really enjoyed Cocky Ranger. And um, to everybody who listens, man, just thanks a lot. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's super fun to make this show with Matt, and uh, and I like Super Sentai, and it's a great excuse in a busy life to hang out with my brother. But it's um, it's really really gratifying that there are people out there who who dig the show and share it with their friends and enjoy listening to it. So thanks so much. Like, thanks so much for listening. Um, it means a lot to us, and uh, and we hope that we can continue to do a show that you guys dig.
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I kind of forget about it when this season ends because, like, oh, that means it's the end of this season and the beginning of the next season. But that also means that we have now been doing this show, like, almost without fail weekly for th- over three years. Yeah, um, wow. Uh, and, like, I think of them as, like, discrete entities, right? Because we do them in seasons. But the fact is, right. like, we have been doing this for a long time. And when we started, it was basically, like... A, you know, our like people that we knew personally would listen to it and nobody else. Um, and so the fact that like other people have found it and they enjoy it and we are able to enjoy them enjoying it uh, really means a lot to me. I, I yeah. mean, Dave already said all this stuff, so I'm just sort of reiterating it. But uh, go like hit that rewind button for about a minute and listen to what Dave is saying. And then imagine that I'm also saying it, which shouldn't be too hard because our voices are pretty similar. Yep. Um, and then you can fast forward back to this moment. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, and that Dave is finally going to do it for a view to a cocker ranger. Yeah. Uh, so How about that? But before we finish up here, I would like to remind you: you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you have any want to get any updates on future episodes uh, and check out what we were talking about as we are heading into season four, uh, we are on Twitter at supersentaibros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, tell a friend. Now is the perfect time. We're starting a new season. Um, oh, yeah. And that for is sure. a great time to hop on. Um, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio, specifically uh, produced by our good friend, producer Mark, who uh, you have heard once or twice on this show in the background, but he is our largely silent partner. Um, but the guy without whom we really could not do the show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> partially because we just never learned how to edit it. Uh, but also, like you know, he, he's a very important part of the show, and we don't uh, don't call him on and left. So thank you, Mark, uh, for all that you do, all the hard work over the years. Uh, once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave, and we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth.